Welcome to episode 31 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, joined by Matt Deitch, and today we've got very special guest, Ted Takasaki and his fiance Charlotte. Ted, thanks for being on. Hey, it's great to be here. You bet you guys. Cool. Yeah. Um, thanks for reaching, well, we reached out to you and responding back and letting us come here and sit down at your home and interview you like this. Yeah, we were definitely very excited that we got to come up here and uh, a while back we did the Mount Rushmore of Midwest Fishing and Ted, you were in the top four, you, Al Lindner, Dave Gens, and Gary Roach and we knew you were right over here in Sioux Falls and we yeah. thought, hey, we got to we got to reach out to you and yeah, like I said, thank you very much for, for letting us come up here and, and meet you, sit down with you. Been looking forward to this episode. Well, that's great. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, quite the uh, uh, great uh, people in fishing. So it's <laughs> excited to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I did a little research on you, uh, when we did this, born and raised in Illinois, um, how did you get your start into fishing? Well, I would say I, I worked for Hewlett Packard for 18 years, and during that period of time, uh, a good friend of mine that uh, went, I went to college with, his name is John Campbell, um, he, uh, he encouraged me to, to, to go fishing, and uh, we went to a lot of different places. And then uh, the first tournament in the area, for, it was called the Masters Walleye Circuit, and it was on the Illinois River. Uh, so we decided it was close. We decided to enter it. Um, we've been taking a few fishing classes, from this gentleman named Spence Petros. He was the editor of Fishing Facts magazine. And uh, so we we entered this tournament, fished it, didn't catch a fish, uh, but out of 200 teams, 190 didn't catch a fish. So, oh, really? so it was a <laughs> we pretty tough bite. Oh, yeah. It was a yeah. pretty tough bite, so we just said, all right, well, we're not that bad. Let's, let's try it again. Yep. So we fished uh, another tournament, a little bit, it was still kind of close to Chicago at that time, and uh, it was the um, Lake Muskegon, which is uh, connected to Lake Michigan. Very, very clear water, uh, notorious night, night fishery. Uh, once again, um, we didn't catch a fish, but again, you know, about 180 out of 200 teams didn't catch a fish either. So that was our first two two tournaments, and I mean, you know, been easy to quit at that point, <laughs> right? right? Definitely, oh, yeah. definitely. Um, but then um, the next year, we decided to fish them all. We fished all the the tournaments on our in our uh, division, and uh, we got uh, we qualified for the championship. Ended up in fourth place at the championship. Uh, my my father passed away the day that before the tournament started, so I couldn't even fish the first day. My partner fished by himself, and um, uh, at the time it was on the Mississippi River. You could keep ten fish per person, oh, but really? uh, before he went out, they said uh, that the tournament director stopped him and said. Um, you can only you can keep, keep catch and keep ten fish, but you can only weigh five. And so he weighed five fish, and uh, but he'd caught ten fish. Yeah. I got there the second day, and then the third day, we ended up in fourth place, about three and a half, four pounds out of first place. So five fish, five fish yeah, yeah. would have made a difference. difference for wow. sure. So so you know we were pretty excited about that at that time. I mean it was, uh, um, I didn't know you know much about professional fishing at the, at that point and. Uh, but just to be able to drive the boat through this big auditorium with a couple thousand fans, you know, uh, cheering you on, it, it really made, changed 
what I really wanted to do at that point. So I was convinced that I wanted to be a professional angler and everything we I did and at that point was designed to to achieve that goal and uh, in um, 2000 or 1998 won the professional walleye trail championship it was the first hundred thousand dollar payout in walleye history and I uh, called one of my sponsors at the time and that was Nick Adams at Lindy Fish and Tackle and uh, I said Nick we just won I just won this big tournament it was a hundred thousand dollar tournament on a Lindy Fuzzy Grub and he was excited and then immediately says um, well by the way I'm retiring and so I asked him who's going to take your place and he says well we're interviewing right now and I just blurted out at that time you know well what about me and he said well what about you and I said you know I just won this big tournament I've got marketing experience with Gila Packard um, I think I could do the job and he says well I'll tell you what we'll get you an interview got an interview got the job 10 years at Lindy fishing tackle doubled revenue quadruple profit and you know, I mean, that's kind of how everything started, and it really has been a great, uh, great career since then. Yeah, definitely, and that that was one of the things that here two episodes ago when when we had talked about you, I had wrote, or talked about how you had started off in computers, moved over to Lindy Tackle, but that's really cool to to hear the behind the scenes. Story. Yeah, you know, and and you know, life takes a lot of different twists and turns here and there, and. And uh, that was certainly a, a key element. And, and when I was at Hewlett Packard, I was always, always told myself that I needed to find a job that would combine business with the fishing. And that was perfect. The president of Lindy Fish and Tackle, where, again, you know, I was able to uh, uh, build a reputation around the, the tackle and, you know, my... Uh, brand, you know, the Ted Takasaki brand, and so the combination helped both, you know, I mean, I helped Lindy, Lindy helped me, and uh, once, um, you know, my sponsorships and everything exceeded my president's salary, I felt like I could do it full-time, so. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Now, what are some of your sponsors now that, that you're running? Well, the key sponsor for me is Lung Boats and Mercury Engines. They have been with me for a long, long time. Um, Mercury for my entire professional career, and then Lung Boats for the last 11 years. Okay. And uh, they've been fantastic. Uh, without them, I wouldn't be able to do what uh, I'm able to do, and uh, they're just uh, great products to be able to represent. Um, you know, I have Gamakatsu Hooks, uh, um, fish on rod holders, offshore trolling boards, uh, St. Croix rods, um, let's see. Skins it. Skins it, yeah, ultimate fishing gear with the Skins It Fish Skinner. Uh, so a lot of really good sponsors and uh, it's been great to be able to uh, promote them. And you know, in this day, of, day and age of internet and uh, the, uh, the different um, social media sites, it's really changed the way uh, professional anglers promote their products. Well, for sure, we were, on the way up here, we were talking about that. Like, what are your feelings like on the positives and the negatives of the social media aspect of it? Oh, there are definitely positives and, and negatives. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I believe today an angler can make a name for himself with social media. No. Yep, you know, back then I needed television, these magazines, newspapers, a lot of other media outlets uh, back then when I first started. 
but now uh, anybody can can make a name for themselves in social media and so that's the positive part of it the negative part is that you have you put yourself out in front of a lot of different people and you can take you know hits at times too you know so yeah I got to be very careful about how you approach social social media and, and what you say and how you do it you know so definitely another thing that that me and Matt talked about is how you you really like well I don't know if you like to but you are out in the public a lot you know and we're at Shields you know you're there demonstrating skin sets and whatnot has it always been like that or have, have you always been at these expos and whatnot or is that something that has really grown later no it's career? always been a part of the job and what's great is that I have Charlotte now to be able to go along uh, she helps at a lot of these sports shows uh, it's nice to have somebody that uh, you can uh, bounce ideas off of when you're talking to consumers so I don't well, know, do you enjoy telling, I'm I, assuming. Very much. <laughs> but also, I think it's good because more and more women are becoming um, anglers. Absolutely. And so that's yeah. exciting, too. I can relate to the women that are in the audience a little bit. And um, and, and, and they'll come up and talk to you, whereas, you know, maybe they would shy away from going up and talking to a guy, you know. Yep. They, they can connect with you easier, mm -hmm. so, you know, that's definitely a better marketing yeah marketing tool really Without at the end a of the doubt. day and yep. there are a lot of sponsors that are looking to address the the female marketplace and i think charlotte's in a perfect position to be able to do that and and well uh, and, and also because i'm really a new fisherman i guess yeah and so i'm starting from kind of ground zero <laughs> and there's a lot of people like me that want to know you know how do you get better at this how can you really do this and so I can really tap into Ted's expertise. Well, you got a good teacher. Yeah. <laughs> for, sure. Yeah, for sure. She just caught her biggest walleye just uh, last week at 27 oh. and a half inch out of each lake. Nice. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. That's, that's bigger than anything I've ever caught. So. Of course, of course I, I do have a little help when he says, okay, you might want to use this bait or you might want to use this rod. Or, oh, that's or, all you know, let's go to this spot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all right. I, I mean, everyone I do the started same off with a teacher. That's right. Um, how long, so just in the last couple years you've started doing the fishing? Pretty or? much. I fished once when I was about nine years old. Okay. Uh, my dad took me on a camping trip and uh, along with a friend of his and his little girl who was about nine years old and we started fishing and the girls caught all the fish. The guys caught nothing so he didn't take me back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite lakes to to go out and target, or, or is it the river, or what do you what do you? Oh, you know, I guess I enjoy any lake that I go on. I mean, if it, if you're thinking scenery and the potential for big fish, uh, Fort Peck, Montana has always been a favorite of mine. I don't go out there very often. Um, now, when it comes to really big fish, uh, you know, Lake Erie out in Ohio is a phenomenal fishery for walleyes. It just a lot of big fish, you know, there, and uh, so if somebody wanted, said they wanted to catch a 10-pounder, that's probably where I would take them. Uh, but, you know, every every lake, it's got its own little characteristic. Uh, they're all, some of the northern Minnesota lakes are beautiful, you know, just nice to be on. But then, you know, again, sometimes um, if your objective is to catch a big fish, you know, I mean, I, it really kind of depends on what a person wants, you know. Right. I like yep. them all. Yeah. And now, like... How about a technique? What's your favorite way to catch? 
Walleye. You know, I mean, jig fishing is absolutely a blast. Right. It's probably the most fun one. But uh, as far as effectiveness, if I was going to take a, a lure or a technique somewhere, um, anywhere in the country, it'd probably be about a bouncer and a spinner. Yep. Yeah, you can catch them about anywhere with that. Yep. How about you, Charlotte? Same thing. Okay. And you know what? I think it's my dad's favorite method, too. Bottom it's bouncer. just, yeah, through yeah. the years, I mean... Kind of the tried and true bait there for oh, walleye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a great system, no doubt. Yep. How about um, besides walleye? Now you've kind of made a career on the walleye scene. Besides walleye, what other target species do you like to target? Oh, I think the most exciting fish, as far as uh, a fish that eats top water, that jumps, it's a hard fighter. They grow big. Is certainly a muskie. Yeah, uh, muskie is a. My first muskie was a 51-incher, so I was really kind of hooked before I started fishing walleye tournaments. Better believe it. So I, I fished uh, muskies exclusively for the first two years. Didn't catch another one, you know, <laughs> but I went after them a lot, you know, and then, uh, and then the walleye tournaments kind of came around. So I started kind of switched gears from muskies, but I've always enjoyed fishing muskies. Muskies and, are better fighters than walleye? Well, they're just bigger. They're bigger, okay. they, they they swim faster, they jump, they eat topwater baits, whereas walleyes don't eat topwater. So they're explosive on the surface of the water. And, um, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, you haven't had a chance to fish one yet, but no. you will. <laughs> and um, the exciting about thing about this is that they'll hit something that's on the surface of the water, and when they blow up on a surface, a topwater bait, I mean, it is, you know, I mean, you pretty much almost drop the rod because it's so, <laughs> it's so breathtaking as far as the, the, the aggressiveness of the fish. Now, amazingly enough, as, as hard as they hit the bait, um, they aren't very aggressive, really. Um, they're they're kind of as far as behavior and, and characteristics. Walleyes and muskies are very similar. They um, they are very tentative. They aren't as aggressive a species of fish as maybe a bass or northern pike. Um, so the thing about Walleye, there's a lot more similarities to walleye between walleyes and muskies than there are walleyes to bass or walleyes to northern pike. You see, walleyes they 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 um, they bite better when you have low pressure systems coming in, cloudy, maybe some wind, rocks and weeds. Walleyes are very you know they they feel a lot more comfortable when you have wind. Same thing with muskies. Muskies are an excellent evening low light predator same thing with walleyes muskies like the wind walleyes like the wind uh they're they're ver they'll follow baits you know right up to the boat and walleyes are kind of the same way if you're bringing in a lure and you bring it out of the water too fast a walleye will sit there and be looking at you you almost have to not figure eight but at least change the speed and direction right before you bring the lure out of the water with a walleye same thing with a muskie okay now you do a lot of ice fishing. Mm -hmm. Do you like ice fishing just as much as open water fishing, or? or... <laughs> <laughs> well, ice fishing is one of those sports where um, it's cold, and uh, and uh, you know they have a lot of great gear these days. They have shelters, they have augers that are um, mechanical that you know you can drill holes a lot faster than you ever used to be, but. Um, you know, I, I did it just kind of 
pass the time. Right, rather than competitively. Yep. But since I've, I've come across a sponsor called Snow Bear, and the snow bears are so much fun and convenient and comfortable to fish out of. I mean, she hates cold, yeah. but she'll fish out of a snow bear. Well, you don't get cold. You know, you go right, into right. the car and then you yep. have a snow bear and it's nice and warm. And Just like you're driving a car it, out there the whole time. You don't have to get cold unless you want to. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how ice fishing out of me. I'd agree with you on that. So. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm an ice fisherman. He's more of an open water fisherman. And, and we both do both. But... Uh, yeah, I we we often get into a debate on what's better, and I'm definitely <laughs> yeah that that snow bear it's it's just amazing. I mean, you can go anywhere anywhere with it. Uh, you you drop it, you know, it's on tracks and skis, so you can. I've had it in 12, 14 inches of brand new fresh powder snow. It just goes right through all that. And then when you want to stop and fish, you just lower the tracks, you drill your holes. And you're fishing and you know the temperature always stays about the same you know you can adjust the temperature inside the cab and yeah we brought know. parkas and everything and we didn't even use them in the right. snow bear yep, yeah yeah probably sitting in a t-shirt all day long <laughs> pretty much it probably helps if it's negative 30 degrees out i mean yeah. nobody wants to be out there but if you're comfortable in something like that then yeah you can and you, get out you look outside your window and there are these poor people fishing you know out in the cold <laughs> shivering that's us well that's all right but it's like it's like a boat on the ice right essentially yep. you know i mean people spend money on boats uh for open water and there's some people who spend money on you know since if they like if if they have jobs where they're busy all summer this is a great opportunity for them to go fishing right you know it's their boat their boat on the ice right i think yeah. i didn't even know there was such a difference between the walleye that you catch like in the ice fishing areas the greener color oh well we, i Up took north. i took i took charlotte to lake winnipeg and uh, these walleyes up the walleyes up there they're they're bright green yeah. oh, emerald beautiful. color and uh, they grow very big and um, so we had the Charlotte had the opportunity she caught a 27 incher yeah. up there 27 incher but he was so pretty oh yeah yeah, yeah. that, that color is amazing oh, fish up there it great. is it's clear <laughs> if Matt will go this winter I want to go I'll go. Oh yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll do something. Like everybody's got to at least experience greenback one before one time. They, yeah, but one time. Ted sure. told me throw him back. He's not quite big enough yet. <laughs> no, Twenty-seven inches. We'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you talked about like the snow bear and the augers, like technology-wise over the years, like some of the innovations that have come out in fishing through your years of it. Like, what are some of the big ones that you can think of that have really changed? Mapping technology, without a doubt. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, we're, they have an outline on the map of, of the lake, all the contour lines. So now you can start from the launch site and go right to the tip of a point or a rock pile in the middle of the lake or the edges of a flat where there might be some weeds. I mean... That is, without a doubt, the biggest technological advance that we have seen in fishing over the last 10 to 15, 20 years. Um, and the electronics just keep getting better and better. We're able to see more. We're able to see, you know, in some instances with uh, 
down imaging and side imaging, we can see the species of the fish. Yep. Uh, given the, you know, depending on how the fish is, is positioned in front of the uh, transducer. But uh, that, that, that the electronics and mapping has definitely been the biggest advancement. Now, I don't know if, if that record still stands, but you used to hold the record for the, the biggest bag in one day on the walleye as tour. far as as far as I uh, uh, as I understand yes I, I still have a five one day five fish limit of 53.2 pounds take us through that day what where were you <laughs> what you know well we were on Lake Erie it was a unique set of circumstances where um, there had been a big blow about 10 days before that uh, the water was real muddy and it just kept on getting clearer and clearer and this day that uh, we went out uh, during, it was like the uh, second day of, of uh, the tournament. And it was dead calm. The water clarity was just perfect. Um, the walleyes were just coming out of post-spawn and, and really getting more active. I was trolling crankbaits about 10 to 15 feet down over 25 to 30 feet of water. They were suspended at that point. And um, I noticed that as I was doing S turns and slowing the, the outside, the slowing the inside boards, trolling boards, and then speeding them up, that they, as soon as that crankbait would kind of like slowly go like and then stop, and then go again, the the bigger walleyes would grab it, and the board would go back. And uh, so after I figured that out, all that's I did it on purpose. I was just all I was doing going about a mile, mile and a half an hour, trolling crankbaits, and then just move, moving the boat back and forth. That would slow and stop and slow and speed up the boards on the outside. And that's how, you know, these big fish uh, kept on kept on hitting. So, so yeah, it was a great day. I mean, you know, the funny thing is I got into the weigh-in and I knew I had a pretty decent limit. But then you know you bring one, you take one fish and put them in the weigh basket. Oh, that's a pretty good one. Well, that one's even bigger than that one. And you know, I mean, they just kept, you know, just kept uh, getting better and better. So yeah, it was a pretty exciting day. Well, what's you? We talked about her personal best walleye. What's your personal best walleye? Uh, well, that that day I had a 12, 12 pounder. You know, I mean, it's hard when you're fishing tournaments to target really big fish. You know, now we go to a lot of great bodies of water that have good fish in them. But in tournament fishing, if you come in with a limit every day, you're going to do pretty good. Yeah. You know, um, so we don't really have the opportunity to really target big fish. We we fish when they tell us to fish. Um, if I was going to be targeting big fish, I'd be going to specific big fish locations at the right times. You know, um, try to get around uh, the full moon. Usually, usually two to three days before or after the full moon phases is usually the best for big fish movements. So, you know, it's just it's different when you're tournament fishing versus you know when you're targeting big fish. Have you started fishing some tournaments now or or not um, yet? Well, I was in one tournament, but yeah. Um, yeah. Do you enjoy it or, um, or not really? Yeah, she caught the only keeper fish that day. Oh, really? Yeah. I was yeah. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I had the team in the boat there, and you know, Ted's like, let's go to this spot, and that's where the fish were. So it worked out pretty good. So would you rather go out on a day tournament fishing, or would you rather just go out 
on a day and just fun fish? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, there's some stress with... There is yeah, some stress. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there's actually kind of pressure any, any time I go fishing. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you do it. I mean, that's your tournament. job now. So, right. yeah, you got you to gotta produce or, and, right. and, and to be able to post pictures. and. Right. I mean, whether you're fishing a tournament, shooting a television show, taking an outdoor rider, or even when my daughter goes, you know, my daughter will look at me and say, Dad... Why aren't we catching any fish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the most pressure of all. It is. Yeah, 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 it really is. Yeah. So, so, yeah, there's some stress, you know, every day. But the greatest days are when the fish, the fishing comes easy and it's a beautiful, nice, you know, relatively calm day and perfect temperature. Those are, those are often, those are hard to find and those are the best days usually. You were kind of giving sure. away a secret too, weren't you, about... Um, when you're looking for walleye and letting them kind of tell you what they want? Oh, well, you know, so I mean... It's not like is, a one-size-fits-all? Well, that's true. It, it, it's really being observant, uh, trying to trying to pick up what the walleyes want. You know, every time you get a bite, every time you catch a fish, they're trying to tell you what they want. Right. And, and once you're able to figure out what it is that they want, either the action that you're putting on the lure or the color or the type of live bait, or it could be just a jig. It, are, are the, are the, do the walleyes want a snap off the bottom, or do they want it dragged on the bottom, or a drag and a stop? I, you know, there's so many different ways, you know, walleyes will hit. So, so yeah, just uh, vary the action until you, you get a bite. Is that kind of how you do when when you get to a lake? Do you kind of just start experimenting with all different things, and well, or do you got your kind of yeah. go-to method that at, you? At this point, I've been to a lot of different bodies of water. Um, I kind of classify them into rivers, natural lakes, reservoirs, and the Great Lakes, and you know, kind of put them into those different categories, and then. You know, I have different rules for each one of those bodies of water. Rivers, you're looking for eddies. Great lakes are usually suspended. Natural lakes, they're usually near the bottom, near structure. River, you know, I mean, that, that's kind of how, you know, each of these these types of lakes, all the walleyes, you know, their behavior and what they do is, is typically how they, how they act. So, yeah, I mean, I've been to a lot of different places. So, yeah, I, I mean, I have specific things that I try, but they don't always work, you know. I mean, you have to keep, be pretty open-minded and change up, change it all up, you know. So. What's the farthest you've ever been away from the Midwest and fished? Have you done a lot of ocean fishing? You, you mentioned down in Florida. Have you gone international and fished or? Uh, you know, I mean, I've, uh, I've done some... Um, uh, I, I was in South America a few years back, a couple of years back. That was pretty fun. We have piranha. the teeth downstairs. Yeah, the piranha. Oh, really? Piranha cool. teeth. Are, piranha teeth. Yeah. That was a cool <laughs> fish. I mean, if you can envision a, uh, a fish, a, say a four or five pound bluegill that's got teeth, you know, I mean, it's pretty cool. They really fight hard. I, they were my favorite fish down there. I caught a, an arapaima, which is about a hundred. It was about 170 pounds. Oh wow! And it's kind of like a big garfish, big scales, you know, big big jaws. Arapaimas don't have teeth per se; they have more grinders. But they they jump out of the water and 
they're a lot of fun to fish, but uh, fish for. Uh, I've done some redfish fishing on, on saltwater and some mahi-mahi or dolphin fish. Um, those are those are kind of fun to catch too, but uh, but you know I mean I'm a freshwater fisherman, so yeah you know I mean walleyes I I love fishing for walleyes because they're difficult to catch on a day to day basis, um, but then muskies are a lot of fun too. Yep. If there's anyone listening to the show right now that's a young up and comer that wants to make their living in the fishing industry, mm-hmm. do you have any words of advice for them? I would say. Um, I'm gonna turn this down. I should have turned that down before. <laughs> You're all right. <laughs> I'm to figure that out. But um, uh, yeah, for youngsters, you know, I mean, it depends on what they want to get out of it. If they want to be a professional angler, I always tell them to stay in school and get a good job, get a good education, get a good job, treat your fishing business job as a second job. Once your second job or your fishing business pays you more than your first job, now you can concentrate more on your fishing business because that's what it is. It's, it's not, you know, you don't just go fishing to go fishing. You're fishing to uh, um, earn, when you're fishing to earn a living, it, it's now a business. You have to treat it like a business. And uh, the first thing to do is to get a good job and get a good education and get a good job. Yep. Well, a while back, me and Matt had a debate, and I wanted to ask you this. If, if you could go the rest of your life and either never get skunked on a fishing trip or never have a fish get off, what, what would you pick? <laughs> well, that's going to happen no matter what. I mean, I don't, right. I don't care who you are. Yep. But, but if you could, if you could <laughs> be magic, which, which one would you pick? Uh, well, you know, you never like to get skunked per se so you know i mean are you saying so it's either not get skunked not getting skunked or not setting the hook on a fish and having it get off at the boat or or landing every fish you hook well all right i think both you're making mistakes of some sort you're either not on the fish you're not doing something right if you're not catching something but when you have the fish on, that's, that's telling me something. So I'd rather have a bite and lose them than not know what's going on. Who won the bet? That's me. That's, that's me. me. Yeah. I, I always say there's just something like having that big fish on, and if it does get off of the what did I do wrong, like you said, like what was, it, what was I doing? Was I forcing it too much? Did I not set the hook right? Stuff, so... Now, a while back on one of your Ted's tips, you talked about how you change out the treble hooks on a lot of your... Yeah, uh, if it's if it's a tournament and money's on the line, yeah, you bet. Sharp when, hooks are critical. When did you start doing that? When you started oh, getting into yeah, some bigger money tur- tournaments? Any, any of the tournaments, yeah. Preparation is always the key when it comes to tournament fishing. You either have to sharpen your hooks or you change them out. And... Uh, I've been fortunate. I've used Gamakatsu hooks for my entire career, and um, you know, and they've, they've, I've been fortunate to have them now as a sponsor. So it's always great to have a sponsor uh, who rep- where you can represent their products and and its products that you've used for the re- you know your entire life. Right. Yeah, you, know? you believe in them, and you believe in them. absolutely. Right, you bet. Yeah. Well, do you got any more questions? Or are you kind of no, I'm pretty good. Like I said, thanks for 
doing that. Do you have anything more to add, Charlotte, as far well, as what's it been like fishing with Ted? Oh, it's been <laughs> so know? much fun. Um, every time we go out, um, we're catching fish, and, and these are just huge fish. I mean, you know, I to have caught a fish that was 27 and a half inches to me is just amazing. Um, he makes it so effortless. Uh, he knows where to go and what to do, and he, he just well, she, is so excited when I She sits in a lot of the seminars it. now, too, so I think yeah. she's learning a lot. Yeah, I'm like, okay, where's the structure? And, you know. <laughs> won't be <laughs> long, and she'll be teaching you Maybe stuff. Maybe I'll, that's right. I hope, I hope that's a Yeah, I guess that's always a hope. I have a question. How many rods does one man need? <laughs> How many right. pairs of shoes does one woman? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There we go. That's a great answer. That's a great <laughs> comeback. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, no, if, if that's it, if you guys don't have any more, like I said, we really appreciate you inviting us up here and, and letting us sit down and talk with you. We've both been looking forward to it. And yeah, I, if that's that, then. Whatever yeah, you got, that's your social media people can follow you on. Yeah, in fact, that'd be great. Um, you know, make sure you get on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, uh, look me up at Ted Takasaki and uh, like my page. And uh, I have a fan page. I do a regular uh, weekly Ted's Tips, and uh, it's really uh, gained a lot of traction. People seem to really like it and try to give them, give folks um, a little one minute to two minute uh, tip every single week. Yeah, I'll, I'll link that on our Facebook page yeah. and, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll send them your way. Go and like that page and yeah, if that's that, then uh, no, we appreciate you tuning in to episode 31. Matt's gonna be gone here for two weeks uh, up north fishing. Yeah. So uh, we will, I, I don't know what we'll do in the next two weeks for episodes, but stay tuned. Thank you very much, see ya.